You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Good, good, good. Well, we are heading off. The Chapman family are heading off for four weeks uh, long service leave. This is our long service leave part two. Two years ago, we did long service leave part one. And now we're doing long service because you can't, we just couldn't use it all up in one go. And that's a struggle when you have two jobs. You can never seem to get enough, enough time off on the other job to, to, to warrant the extra leave you get from the other one. But um, so we are having a few weeks off. And uh, I just want to really encourage you not to skip a beat while we're away. Just to keep turning up. Just keep loving on people, you know, keep sowing in, keep building the church, keep advancing the kingdom. Don't stop. Don't stop what you're doing. I think that uh, I was really blown away. Who was uh, really blessed by last weekend? If you turn up to the combined service or Spirit and Truth or both, like, my goodness. So I think it's really important to note right now that God has started a new thing. It's important to recognize the time and recognize the seasons. And I believe God has begun something fresh and something new in terms of the Holy Spirit and what, and what He's kind of unlocking for us moving forward. So it would be good for us to like continue to move in that and, and learn and grow in that. Um, I just got a, such a sense, like it was like the second song in the service last Sunday, and I felt like I was getting sucked into a vortex. I felt like the, the momentum of God was like pulling me into to Him. And I thought, whoa, I haven't felt this in this way. This is, this is new. This is fresh. This is unique. So, um, yeah, like I just want to say that, and that don't miss what He wants to say. Don't miss what He wants to do. Um, because if, if, if you keep going, then your inheritance is joy and peace, right? Your inheritance is joy and peace and bearing fruit. That's, that, that's, that's who we are, right? That's what we've got. Your inheritance is joy. That means that I am filled. I want to bring the joy whenever I step into a, into a circumstance, into a situation. Whatever's going on, I, it's my inheritance. Therefore, I get to step into it and bring something, Right? So I'm, I'm praying and hoping that I'm going to bring you some joy today. All right? Good. Good, 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 good. So uh, last weekend was awesome. We had some healings. I uh, had two um, older gentlemen. They're, they're older because they're older than me. I don't know what that means. But they both had significantly restored hearing in one of their ears. Right? That's awesome. That's good. Margaret Paget's thumb was healed when someone prayed for her thumb. She felt it go click straight back into place. Total healing. No more pain in her thumb. That's awesome. We had 16 children filled with the Holy Spirit last Sunday more last last weekend, which is incredible. Which is incredible. God's doing something new, right? So get on board. Get on board, right? Because otherwise, you're at the other end of the season going, oh, I wish I got on board. <laughs> otherwise, you find yourself at the other end and you, and you live your life with regrets. Don't live your spiritual life with any regrets. Just go for it, right? You can tell I'm going on holidays for a few weeks, can't you? I'm just, just, just chucking out a whole bunch of stuff and you can just like, oh, right, right. The idea is that you'll have a whole month to process everything. Good. Um, like, like, this, this 
really, um, really blessed me and, and blew me away that over Spirit and Truth weekend, last weekend, um, four people from our family got a, got a word, got a vision, and they were all, they all lined up, including Josie and Jed and Beck and I, and some of the others had words as well, but they all, those four, all lined up. And, and as a father, I was like, I, I was really hoping for some great stuff, but I, I, I wasn't expecting anything of that level. I was so blessed. So blessed. So part of the challenge is continuing to say yes to God. It's just always just going, yes, okay, yes. And that's a little scary because you're saying yes to stepping into something that you've never experienced before. It's scary exciting, you know? But you have to keep in mind His goodness and His kindness because that is what will enable you to keep saying yes when you really want to say no. All right? Okay. So good. Last weekend, we had a phrase turn up, uh, the new normal. And uh, that was my prayer for the week, for the weekend. God, I just want my normal to change. I don't want it to be the same anymore. You know? Um, I've had some great breakthrough, some great revelation uh, but it's easy to let your faith get stagnant. It's too easy. There's too many distractions in the world. There's too much going on. Everyone's so busy. Stop being so busy. Stop it. Darren, stop being so busy. Stop it. You know? And I, I get a sense that today there's going to be a shift in your walk with God out of, the, out of the pool of stagnation into the flow of the river. I, I just get a sense of that. If you will just say yes and keep saying yes to God, I get a sense that your life will, will move more and more freely into his river. Um, so let's, let's, let's have some fun. Let's paint the new normal today. Let's, let's start by just painting what this new normal can look like. Um, yeah. Because there's the, like Pastor Aaron said last weekend, he said God's, God moves in waves. And, and, and we can learn to catch those waves or we can sit on the beach and wonder why we're not catching any waves. Or we can move to the wrong area of the beach and, catch, you know, and not catch the good waves, right? But it's up to us to walk with God and to be able to see what he's doing and do it. And so today, I want to try and help us to apply this to the normal Monday to Sunday life, right? So we're going to really, I'm going to really work hard at that one today. All right, let's paint, let's paint a picture. When you came to Christ, right, you were forgiven. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you had faith, faith is a gift from God and, and He gave that gift to you and you said, all right, Jesus, I'm trusting in you for my life and you received forgiveness of your sin, all right? And now all of this took place through the Holy Spirit, right? 
So it happens from the Father, by the Son, through the Holy Spirit. Everything that you have in God is applied to you by faith. Faith, we're in a faith economy, all right? We're not in a needs-based economy. We're in a faith economy. So everything that you have, you have through faith, right? Gosh, so many things running, running through my head right now. Faith without actions is dead. So keep, keep acting on your faith, right? But everything you have is applied by faith through the Holy Spirit, all right? So the Holy Spirit is, is, our, is our friend, He's our counselor, he's our, he's our interface, for want of a better word, with the Father, with God. He is everything that you, that you do with God goes back and forth with the Holy Spirit, okay? It's not spooky, it's not weird, it's just how God has chosen to operate. Jesus said, uh, I'm going to the Father, but I will send you someone else, another who is just like me, who will be with you all forever. Because Jesus was one human, he's in one human body and he couldn't be with us all forever. But this Holy Spirit can, all right? So the new normal is a life that is lived by the Spirit or in the Spirit. Now you go, you show me where it says in the Spirit, in the Bible. Well, I can't. I also can't show you where it says by the Spirit in the Bible because the word for by and in is not there, right? Every time it says by the Spirit or in the Spirit, there's no linking word there. It just says that you will be with the Spirit, right? I'll show you that in a minute. So life lived by the Spirit or in the Spirit or with the Spirit, whichever one you like to choose, that's okay, right? That is the new normal. That is the new normal. So let's ask the question, how how do we do that? How does it happen? And what does it look like? All right. Number one, if you're writing notes, always a good idea. Being led by the Spirit is not earned, but received. Not earned. You can't earn it. You can't increase it. You can just receive it. Actually, can can you increase it? Cancel that, what I just said. You can't earn it, but you can walk in it. You can receive it. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 8 right now. And we're going to hang around in Romans for a little bit. I love Romans 8. And everybody knows that Pastor Keith loves Romans and loves Romans 8. And Pastor Keith and I have been working on this together this week. Uh, So Romans chapter 8. Paul is writing the most chunky, deep uh, letter that you will find in your Bible. He's writing it to the church at Rome. And uh, chapter 8 is where we're at, we are today. And this is well considered to be the, the central or one of the most pivotal or important chapters of the Bible. Okay? Of the whole Bible. Because the Bible's pretty big. Right? I started reading chronologically through the Bible in January, and I'm up to Deuteronomy. Right? The Bible's pretty big. It's pretty huge. But if you could have one chapter, I would have this one because of what it reveals, because of what it says to us. All right? 
Seriously, like study it, like get it into you, read it, read it in different translations, take your time through it, take, take a month just to, just to dwell on, take six months, uh, two months, to just dwell on Romans 8, right, and let it, let it soak in. All right, so in verse 14, he starts this little, this little discourse, and he says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Love that. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, we're just going to unpack that very first verse, verse 14. Tommy, can you put verse 14 back up there? And it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Or those who are being led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now, I was asking a lot of questions of this verse, and I've taken those to Pastor Keith, and all of my questions were answered with great comprehension. And so I want to... There's a great quote from Leon Morris about this, this chapter here because this describes the life that you have already received, okay? It describes the life that you've already received. So let's go to Leon Morris. He says, An interesting feature of the chapter, Romans 8, is not always noticed that there is not a single imperative, all right? That means a command. There's not a single command in the entire Romans 8, right? One of the most central chapters of the entire Bible, and there is not a single command there for you to do something. Yeah, the Bible's just a bunch of rules. Not this one, not this chapter, right? And so this is a direct quote from Pastor Keith. He says, the Christian life wasn't meant to be a life of pushing and striving, right? It's a life lived by relationship and promise. Oh, you know, I got past the key's notes and I couldn't even, re- I couldn't phrase that better. But how much do we push and strive all the time? Come on, God, I need breakthrough over here. Come on, I'm, no. <laughs> yeah, and this is not working so well. And God, can you see I'm really working hard over here? To, you just help us out. Come on, you know. And we go, well, I've just got to get up earlier and pray more. And I've got to read more and blah more and blah more and all this more. I've got to do everything more and more. Do you? Or do you just need to learn how to rest and partner in the promise? Because I, 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 got, I got sold, you know, it wasn't a lie, but it was a system that made me think that I had to work for everything. I had to work for every inch that I would get and gain in my life. And that's just not true. I don't have to strive my way into breakthrough. I need to learn to rest and trust and believe in the promise of God and do whatever He says to do 
and I'll find my breakthrough. But too often we think that it's all on us. Everything is on us. Now that little phrase I threw out earlier, faith without works is dead. Absolutely. If you just have all this belief and you do nothing with it, well, you're not going to walk in the promise because my faith will change my actions. My belief will change what I do. That's why this is not, like life in Christ is not about right behavior first. It's about right belief because right behavior will just flow on from right belief, right? Pastor, that's not mine. That's um, Pastor Pete McHugh's. All right. So the promises that we find in this, in this little verse, in verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God or the children of God, there's two promises here. And the first one is guidance. How many times do you Google something? I, I, I think I Google things uh, probably between one and ten times a day, depending on how needy I am. <laughs> depending on how much I need information or help. Because that's, that's, you know, that's why we Google things, right? I need information or I need help. All right? I need to know, who was that guy in that movie with Kevin Bacon? What? I'm sure, I'm sure that he was in that movie with that. I'm going to search it up. I'm just going to, and we get on our phones or we get on the computer. Kevin Bacon, oh, six degrees of separation. from Kevin Bacon. What the heck? All right, no worries. And we search for it and we find our, the information that we needed, right? And so here's a few things that I have, I have uh, I've searched for in the last few weeks. You ready? All right? And this could get dicey. No, no, it couldn't. It won't. It's good. You could, you, you're more than welcome for me to send my entire browser history to you, and you can peruse it if you like. Uh, the first, well, one of the things I searched for was how to pronounce the name of Elijah and Melody's new baby girl. She's just, they just had a baby. They had a baby girl. So good. Except no one knows yet how to pronounce the name. I'm pretty sure it's... Can, can you guys help us out? Dinashe? Dinashe. Yeah, see, that's exactly what I thought. It's just spot on. You, you, I think you, you're right, Christine. You're right. You're right. Um, uh, I've searched for uh, musket port wine. I've searched for five and three-eighths inch in centimetres. I've searched for how to do a fade to transparent in Photoshop. Uh, what, what is this rash? No, I haven't. I didn't search for that at all. Don't worry. Um, often we will search for things to find information. But then there's some other things that we search for because we really need help. We really need help. It's like how, how to reduce stress right? One of the biggest searches is, am I depressed? Right? How to be happy. How to have a happy marriage. How to help my child stop the bullying. There's some real stuff that we, that people search for. And that's just the the very tip of the iceberg. And I find there's a lot of areas that I need guidance on. You know, there's a lot of decisions that we make every day. One of the new buzzwords in leadership circles is decision fatigue. 
because we find ourselves having to make so many decisions every single day of varying importance, of varying consequence. But they're now talking about we suffer from decision fatigue. So you need to pick the right time in the day where you're going to make the most important decisions. We all have these we all have these needs for not just information, but, but help. And so this verse and this chapter reveal that you and I have the Holy Spirit there to guide us all the time, every moment of every day. Now, uh, in, in three weeks' time, we celebrate tw- our 20-year wedding anniversary, which is pretty awesome, babe. You should be given a medal. Um, and so we're heading to Melbourne for five days. Super fun. It's going to be awesome. No children, just you and I and all the restaurants available to us in Melbourne except for a couple that are out of our price range, right. Um, And the first thing that we're going to do when we get to Melbourne and we're going to book it earlier is we're going to book a foodie travel guide, right? Because there's, there's so much to choose from in Melbourne in terms of restaurants and cafes. I don't want to have to try and stumble upon a good one I want to pay someone to show me where all the great food is. So if you've been to Melbourne and you remember where you went, text me later on. You've got to try this place out, Pastor D. It's awesome, all right? And I will, we'll add it to the list and I will analyse it and I'll show the foodie guide later on and I'll say to him, what do you reckon about these? And he'll be like, yes, yes, no, yes, no. Okay, great. We'll choose from that list where we go. The Holy Spirit is not your tour guide. We don't uh, wake up in a new day and then just find the areas of our day where I might need some assistance and so I beckon the Holy Spirit over. Um, Yes, just come on, come on. I need some help over here right now. He'll be nice to you. And he'll probably help you. But he's not a tour guide. He's your forever constant help in time of need. He is forever present with you no matter what. But often we kind of treat God like he's at our beck and call. He's not your Siri. He's not your, okay, Google, what's the weather like today? He's not your Alexa if you choose to go down the Amazon route. He is, he is not that for you, right? He is always there to be your guide, to be your assistance, to be your strength, to be your help, to, to activate joy when you're facing a situation that you just want to punch in the head. He's there to activate peace no matter what is in front of you. All right? He's not just your tour guide to introduce to your situation whenever you need to book him. That's not how he works. He's there all the time. 
When you're sitting at your desk wondering the formula for Excel to get the right result on your stupid spreadsheet that you can't work out, he's there with you, right? He's there in the meeting that you're sitting in at work wondering why you've got to be in another meeting to accomplish uh, another bunch of meetings that we're just going to schedule after that. He's there when you're trying to search for your friend's phone number, but you can't find it because someone wiped your phone. He's there no matter what you are facing with your children or your work or your money or your, your inner world. He is always there. Always there. He's a constant forever presence. Every day, every moment, every hour, every minute. Every second, he's there. He's promised, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. The constant awareness of his presence is what we need because he's always there. And the willingness to follow him wherever he leads. I, I, I don't just want to know the will of God when I've got a major decision to make. I don't just want to know His will when, you know, well, should we sell our business or not? That's, we've answered some pretty massive, we've made some pretty massive changes in our family life. We're still waiting for those to click through and, you know, this week, amen. I, I don't just want God to help me with the major things. He's there to, to guide me and help me in all of the smaller things, in everything that I'm facing, in, in everything that He wants to do. What if He just says to you, just be kind to them? They're in a tough situation right now. What if He says, just let them into traffic? Just hold back, let them in, be a good driver. What if He says, Pay for their groceries. Well, that person who's over there, they're about to burst into tears because they just lost their husband. See, often we just kind of have this tour guide mentality for our own needs. And it's important to, to listen also to meet the needs of others. Maybe he, he just wants to say to you sometimes, don't worry. It's going to be okay. The first promise in this verse here is, is, is guidance. And the second one is assurance. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. How good is that? The promises here are yours and mine because of the security that we have in our relationship with God, right? So I, I was reading this verse uh, in, my early, in the early, earlier part of the week. I was reading this verse and I'm journaling on it, right? And I came to the conclusion of all these things that we have to do so that this can be a reality in our life. Huge list. I'm like, whoa, listen, listen, listen. And then I took my list to Pastor Keith 
And he said, well, actually, Paul's just describing here what you already have. I was like, what? Actually, Paul's just describing here that it's like it's a, just a statement he's making. He just says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God because of what he's already said and what he's about to say. And he launches into this, this, this deeper uh, message on adoption and sonship and who you are in Christ, right? Awesome. But Paul's actually, like we said, he's not telling us to do anything. He's just showing you what is already yours. And it's already yours because of your birthright in Christ. So when the Holy Spirit came, right, you, you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit applied salvation to you, you got everything that you needed. Everything. Every spiritual blessing in Christ is already yours. And it's the journey of faith to work out how to walk and live in that, right? So this is what you received as well. You received an assurance that you could be led by the Spirit of God, right? It's your birthright. Plus, I don't have to fear that I'm going to lose this. Do you know why? Because if I can't earn it through my own efforts, then I can't lose it from my own efforts. Right? I think Pastor Aaron said that over the, the last weekend. Something similar to that came back to me. So I just need to trust in these promises to help me shift away, and listen to me here, to help me shift away from a needs-based relationship with God to a passion-based relationship with God. Right? Huge shift. God's not my personal assistant. He's my good father. He's my perfect father. So just because you had a birthright through Christ, and you're adopted by God, and you've received this promise, doesn't mean you walk in it. All right? It doesn't mean that it's actually active in your life. Um, I, over the past few days, I have probably not been the perfect husband or father or Son of God. Anyone out there want to say that you, that you have been? The per good, good. You're all being honest with me. That's good. But I have to say how helpful it's been for me to be able to lean into God whenever. Whenever. And just go, hey, What would you do right now? What do I do here? You know, it's been super helpful after a, uh, an untimely outburst at the children, which never happens. <laughs> Sometimes I find myself going, God, what do I do now? That was like super not helpful. So how do I, how do I walk forward in this? Um, 
which is when I often find God saying to me, you might need to apologise for that one. <laughs> and I go, mm-hmm, yep. So being led by the Spirit, it's not earned, it's received. But being led by the Spirit is not automatic, it's activated. So we're going to jump over to Galatians. Are you still with me? Is this all right? Are we okay? Good, 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 good. Because I'm really taking my time because this is the last time you'll see me for a while. So I feel like I have like this, you know, this special, this special grace right now from you all. No. It's good. Here we go. Galatians 5 verse 25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. One of my favorite verses. So there's, there's a difference in this verse, even though it might look similar to the Romans passage we just looked at, okay, for those who are uh, led by the Spirit are the children of God, right? And this one says, uh, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So there's a difference here between the last one and this one. And this one has got a command. This one has something for you and I to do. Because the last one was a statement, and this one is how you walk in it, right? The last one, you can rest, and you can be assured that because of who you are in Christ, you've got it. The Holy Spirit was, is always there to help you out, to, to be present, to reveal truth, to help you, to guide you, no matter what you're, you're going through, if it's big, small, mundane, whatever. And this one, Paul says to the Galatian church, Keep in step with the Spirit. Interesting, Paul, in, in, in this book, he's writing to a church that's not living according to truth. You look at the context of Galatians, and they are, they're, they're saved, they're doing okay, but they've got truth, and they're not living according to it. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're walking in what God has designed for you. Just because you prayed a prayer one day to invite Christ into your life and you come to church, you know, three times a month, come on, Pastor D, you can't expect four. No, no just be a part of the family, right? Right? Just, just because you accepted Christ and turn up, doesn't mean you're walking in, the, in, in everything that God designed for you, everything that Christ paid for you, everything that God has for you, everything that God wants for you, all right? And this is an area that I want to really encourage us in today because this second part speaks of intentionality. Intentionality. We've got the Spirit of God offering to lead us every step of the way, but the, the, the probability of being constantly led by the Spirit increases if we surrender and we're intentional. All right? Another way to say this verse is, because we live by the Spirit, let us be intentional about following hard after the Spirit. I, I, I reckon there's no accidental participation with God. You, you, I don't think you fall into partnership with God. You don't kind of accidentally slip over and complete the will of God for your life. I don't, think it's, I, don't, I don't think it works like that. There's no accidental participation. There is intentional, deliberate 
participation. There is, I humble myself and I want your will. There is me taking up my cross daily and following hard after God, all right? There is, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles and run the race that is put before us, right? There is intentionality about being led by the Spirit. It doesn't, it does, who knows, it doesn't just happen. Yeah? You've got to set yourself some habits and some, some go-tos and some, act, some triggers that, oh, yeah, every day I need to, you know, even if you've got to set in your, in your phone a little reminder that's, that, that sounds every hour, lean into God. Oh, that's right, lean into God. Yeah, good. To, to, to set yourself up so that it becomes your new normal, right? I think what is required in this, and I'm, just, just give me a couple of minutes, all right? Right? You just, no one goes to sleep. Good. I see some of you yawning, and I'm like, all right, I need to move this on. And I have the sneaky suspicion, oh, I'm just going to just take a little bit longer now. No. What is required in, inside of this whole domain is a bit of a relationship. How I, how I see and outwork my day-to-day relationship with God. And there's a couple of shifts that I think we need to make. Because if you go back, it says, I am his child, okay? So everything, we've talked about this already, everything has already been given and applied to me, so I don't have to do something to earn it, I just need to do something and activate it, right? So there's, there's these significant shifts. And the first one is that we need to continue the shift from slave or orphan to child and partner. All right? Now, the last few years, we've talked a lot about this, but it always deserves a mention and a reinforcement because this can really change almost everything, right? The biggest shift that I found in my personal journey with God, apart from my initial salvation, was discovering and walking in my identity in Christ. Right, And part of that is learning not to think and believe and behave like an orphan or a slave or an employee. You're not an employee of God, right? right? But actually realizing that you're a son or a daughter. And so therefore, as God wants to advance His kingdom and release heaven on earth, you become a the representative of God on planet earth, wherever you are, to release heaven, right? But I can only do that through partnership. I, I can't do that if I'm just seeing myself as a slave or an orphan or an employee of God. It, the big, one of the biggest shifts, we've got to keep moving. And, you know, don't, don't feel like if you've done this journey that, you, that I'm not finished on this journey. I've been, I've been doing this for three, almost three years. I think, Pastor Janet, when we had a, you know, that, we, that I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like at least three years that I've been on this sonship journey. And I still find myself thinking like an orphan instead of a son. Massive change. The second shift we need is to shift from task to heart. 
shift from task to heart, all right? Because we've got to keep moving away from a needs-based relationship with God to a passion-based, an intimacy-based relationship with God, all right? And, and I think that, that that moves when we shift from a task to a heart. To heart. From, instead of just saying, God, what do you want me to do? I want to be used by you, right? That's, that's the way uh, an employee thinks. That's the way a slave thinks. What, what do you want me to do now? Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a worker in the, in, the, in the minefields of the kingdom, you know? Uh, tell me what to do. Oh, mm, 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 mm. I'm just, you're not a robot in the kingdom. You're a son or a daughter, right? So we've got to shift away from just, God, tell me what to do and I'll be obedient. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? To what is your heart for this, for this situation? What is your heart for my family? What is your heart for the person crying in front of me? What is your heart for my, my workspace? What is your heart for my city? What is your heart for my marriage? That's where you need to go. Not just, what do I do now? Ah! What do I do now? Because uh, I gotta say, my, my journey of preaching has really helped me to understand this. Because right back in the day when, when you know, New Life Christian Center was born and uh, I would preach almost every week and I would be like, God, you've got to give me the exact words to say because if I just want to speak exactly your truth and exactly your words and it's got to be, uh, and that everything that is not of you, let it fall to the ground. You know, all those things you hear preachers say sometimes, right? But I these days I'm moving far more away from just God giving me a few words to say and actually God giving me a download of his heart. God just going, think about it over here for a minute. And you get an impression or an unction or a, a vibe or a feeling. And I go, oh, yeah, right, right. This is what you want to release today. This is what, you, this is what you'd plan to do. It's not just a task that I'm to complete. He gives me freedom inside of his heart to release his kingdom, right? To release heaven on earth. Now that might just be praying for your kid. That might just be praying silently at work for your staff member that's driving you crazy. You know, it might, be, it might be believing God for something fresh to happen in your street or in your home. It might be trusting God that the relationship you have with your next door neighbor can heal somewhat. Right? This, and, and, and again, this goes back to the fundamental way that we approach God in the first place. Right? Not a servant or slave, but as beloved child. You're not just his child, you are his beloved child. All right, I'm finishing up. All right, Toddy, can you come up here? Because everyone will be happy if, I, if they can feel like it's moving to a close. So how then are we to be led by the Spirit if it's not just about completing a bunch of tasks? Firstly, it comes back to the phrase, we are the children of God. We have an assurance 
We have a position in Christ. We have an identity in Him. And that's the place that we approach God from, right? So just let that, let that settle in your heart for a minute. Let that shift your relationship with God for a minute, right? So that you can approach God from that place of, from, from that place of assurance, from that place of relationship, from that place of love, from that place of assurance of your identity in Christ, and it is secure, okay? We are led by Him. So Paul to the Romans, it tells me what I have. I have the leading of the Spirit. I have guidance. I have this, I am a child of God because of what Christ has done. I, I have received this. Don't, don't believe the lie that you've done something that is too bad that you don't have this. Okay? If you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit is with you all the time. But we can activate it by being intentional, by living lives that are passionate, by desire and hunger and leaning in to Him, right? To walk with Him, just to walk with Him every day. And sometimes that might mean triggering a little alarm on your phone so that you can set up habits. So you remind yourself when you're facing something or when you're not facing anything at all, right? Because it doesn't have to be a needs-based relationship. This is a continual walk. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Just be with Him all day, right? All day. It could be the most boring day of your life. It could be the most jam-packed, meeting-filled day of your existence. And He's always there. He's always there. So I want to encourage you to pray, to ask God these two questions during your day. All right, write these down if you can. And that's just to keep asking God, what are you doing right now? What are you doing today? You can reference it to anything, family, work, home, yourself, relationships, neighborhood, whatever. God, what are you doing today? And the second question is, how can I partner with you in that? You just get into a habit of just leaning in and asking God those questions. What are you doing today? What are you doing right now? What are you doing today? What are you doing right now? When I'm at work, when I'm at home, when I just wake up, what are you doing today? What do you want to do today? Let me in on what you're doing because I want to partner with you to release it. I want to partner with you to build it. I want to partner with you to bless someone. I want to partner with you to release the gospel into someone's life. I want to partner with you to do whatever it is that's going to change a person's life. That's going to bless my kids. That's going to bless my spouse. Whatever it is that you're doing, God, I want to know and I want in. 
Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.